to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday. Shout out to me and my my brethren over here. Uh, we turned 31 on Saturday. Uh, thank y'all for the birthday wishes. Shout out to all y'all. We did not turn up because it was raining outside. No, we, we didn't. definitely turned up. We did inside, <laughs> but we turned up. I mean, we ain't turned up the way we normally turn up. No, no, we but, did not. But we're going we gonna to do something very, very soon. But this is Bottom Line Sports Talk. Thank you guys for subscribing to us. Thank you for tuning in, listening to us. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. If you haven't, go follow us on uh, on our social medias at BL Sports Fifty One Sports Talk. I'm, I'm sorry, BL Sports Talk Fifty One on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we got some good stuff coming for y'all. We got the website, which I am uh, updating today. Sorry about that. You know, I've been behind. Been a lot of stuff going on. A lot of wood being put in the fire, if you will. <laughs> but yes, our birthday was Saturday, right? And we want to just thank all y'all who wished us a happy birthday. I also want to get on to y'all who did not get around to doing it. I, they may have forgot, but you shouldn't forget because it's May 16th. Yeah, and luckily for you, you still have time because this year and this year right now only, we're extending birthday wishes for the rest of May. And presents. Oh, yeah, for the whole year, too. I don't know about the whole year. I am. I'm demanding. No, I'm I don't know about for the whole I'm, year, though. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Well, yes, like my um, compadre, younger co-host has said, Please. even though we're twins, I'm, right. I'm older. Like my younger co-host has just said, we are on social media, Instagram and Twitter, BL Sports Talk 51. Website is bottomlinesportstalk.com. And also, if you will, in those bios, we have a subscribe link to our email list. We also want you to follow on Spotify, right? Spotify. So you get them notices, the notifications. Then you also on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us love. Show us praise. We're just trying to make this thing work and fulfill some dreams. Live freedom. Right. Freedom. And we on episode 39. 39. 39. 39. We've been, we been doing good with the content, man. It's decent. It's decent. I'm we're liking getting, it. Yeah, we get better. Oh, yeah, we're getting better. Just like the Rooney Rule. <laughs> the Rooney Rule. Yeah. You want me to give a, a deep dive in it and you go in after? Yeah. So the Rooney Rule is a rule in order for the NFL to have a fair hiring process for minorities. Not just black people, but black and brown people. Y'all wonder why I'm going so slow? Because I got a preaching session coming up soon. Anyway, Rooney Rule was set in effect to be able to give everybody a, a better shot that's minority at positions, i.e. general managers, head coaches, coordinators, whatever you can think of. Well, this rule has not been enforced like it should have been. And about two or three days ago, they're actually putting rules into effect to get voted on to where it should influence people to do a little bit more when I say people, I mean owners, right. to give minorities a better shot at getting great positions and influencing this league. I asked you before we dive in, what are your thoughts as far as them trying to doctor it up now? I, I can see what they're trying to do. I think it's uh, I think it's a little bit too late for them to try to do anything. It's, uh, it's written all over your face. But... Pretty much, I'm just saying this uh, for in, in regards to the Rooney Rule that 
it just doesn't make sense uh, right now what they're doing is is it's really a bad look on the NFL that that you have to go to these measures to get African Americans to in, in higher positions. So I know I know Donovan Mitchell. Uh, he tweeted out when he saw it. He said, "What did I just read? Like, did, did does this really make sense?" And it don't make sense because if you look around the NFL, a majority of the NFL players are African American. They know the business. A lot of coaches that played quarterback back in the day, offensive line, whatever you want to call it, whatever position they play, I'm pretty sure they have a good idea. They know coaching, and they do want to coach. And it's a shame that a lot of these owners are not giving them, are not giving African-American men the credit or trying to even get them in a, the door. Like, I know with with our organization, with the Saints, we haven't had a, a black or African-American quarterback that I can remember. Since Brooks. Since Brooks. Yeah, uh, not, not, I'm not talking about a quarterback, but I'm just talking about – Oh, coordinator. A, co- a coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we, we're one of, I think, if I'm not mistaken, maybe one of four or five teams, organizations that, that hasn't hired an African-American to be a coordinator. So I'm disappointed that we, as the Saints, haven't hired any African-American coordinators or anything of that nature. Uh, I'm definitely saddened that the NFL, uh, they're going, they're trying to innovate, but at the same time, like I said earlier, it is it is a bad look and it is a bad rap that they have to go through this to try to get teams to get you know, African-American in the higher position. So that's my take on it. It's sad. I, I understand what they're trying to do. I see what they're trying to do, but still at the same time, you uh, this rule probably should have been implemented. But it's a new day; it's twenty twenty. So I mean, hopefully, hopefully everything goes pretty good, and we get a fair chance, like we should have been getting. So basically, the rule or the new rules that's being proposed is basically an incentive package, and we'll go into a little bit detail of what they have, but. Uh, as the rule stands right now, it's no incentives for anybody to hire. So what Roger Goodell and higher-ups in the NFL are trying to do is push incentives to get people to basically go ahead and, and dive right in. But what you have, if you're able to hire and retain minorities, uh, whether black, uh, Hispanic, whatever it may be, even females are included in this too. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure we, we uh, reiterate that. Yeah. Um, you're basically able to help your draft stock. Draft stock, uh, third rounders and fourth rounders, essentially between you know six to to sixteen slots, you can help your draft percentage if you have minorities on your staff. The reason why I think this is so disturbing is because it does relate to this ugly word we like to call slavery, and we like to think it's abolished and uh, a little bit of segregation and racism. Like you can work and you can play and you can do all this, but you'll never be on this level right here. Mike McCartney, his last stint in Green Bay wasn't that great. He has a job in Dallas. A special teams coordinator with the New England Patriots got hired before more eligible candidates were out there. Eric Bieniemy, and that's just one name I'm going to throw out there, and I'm going to let that rest right there. Eric Bieniemy, if you don't know who he is, I'll give you the team who he's propelled under the tutelage of Andy Reid, but just his offensive genius. Kansas City Chiefs are who they are because of Eric Bieniemy. 
Patrick Mahomes is who he is because of Eric Bieniemy. Eric Andy Reid finally got his one championship because of Eric. Right. They outscored everybody. Their defense was atrocious. They outscored everybody and they got ahead, and that's what got them this championship. Yep. His offensive just ingenuity is what got them there. A man that's been doing this at least, at least for as long as anybody else has, and has a proven track res- record as an offense coordinator, did not get picked up by any team. A special teams coordinator did. Right. Somebody who got thrashed by the San Francisco 49ers, a defense coordinator, coordinator got picked up before Eric Bieniemy. And like I like I'm just confused because I thought this was an offensive lead. Why would you want one of the brightest offensive minds? And they had a special team. Yeah, again, it, it don't make sense to so, me. So, yeah, so them actually offering incentives, and we'll get into those specifics, you know, on another episode because we got to go a little bit deeper in there. But the incentives that they're offering are basically just buying games. So now you're going to have owners and upper management just making sure they got somebody on their staff so they can retain – uh, they can retain draft picks and, and draft position and stuff like that, which is sad because you're still not looking at this candidate as an equal opportunity. If you're going to give somebody else this credit for not doing much of anything, why is it that we can't get credit for going above and beyond? Right. And I'll say this one thing before we move on because we got to get into the last dance. Yeah, and I'm a uh, – Go ahead. Oh, my – you want to know the the shows one of the shows that you had put me on uh, on HBO called Ballers with the Rock on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I liked about that? What's that? It, it showed African American players like pretty much all the African American players from what the Rock did from him being a sports agent to being a owner with the uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs to try to get health care for all the players, even the guy that got killed. In the last season, I can't think of his name. Mm-hmm. Even uh, the uh, the big black dude that was the L.A. Rams GM. GM, like it showed. It showed. That's why I like to see. And I, I really don't know right now if during my lifetime, which I'm pretty sure I will, but it need to be sooner than later that uh, somebody can hire an African American male GM that can kind of steer everything towards the right way. Well, I mean, they had they had a, a GM. In Cleveland, who was getting ready, I believe, to turn the organization around in Sashi Brown. Yeah. And they let him go. After how many seasons? What, one or two? One I mean, two. Cleveland don't keep it around that long. Yeah. They, they definitely don't keep and it around why, that and long. And that's why they're suffering so much right now. But he definitely, like, put them on this path to at least be relevant because of draft positions and drafting correctly and getting rid of some of the misfortunes or whatever. Marvin Lewis was in charge of that team as the head coach. No, Marvin Lewis didn't win, you know, a playoff game because they always fell short, you know, Andy Dalton. Some dumb play by Vontez Burfitt. Whoever it was, they never did win their playoff game, but they made it to the playoffs, Mm -hmm. which is more than you can say for other teams, right? Right. Marvin, you know, he stayed there extra long. I thought he should have been let go. But I want to applaud Cincinnati, I guess, for having a wherewithal to keep him because at the end of the day, he did what he was supposed to do. I'm going to get you to the dance at least. I maybe didn't get you to the promised land, but look at all, all the other teams that didn't make it either. Right. We at least made it. I don't care if it's a wild card or we won the division. It should have won. Uh, should have won against the Steelers that year. Should have won against the Steelers that year. But that's Vontaze for you. Yeah, it's Vontaze. That's Vontaze for you. But I just think the Rooney Rule equates to uh, segregation, slavery, whatever you want to call it. And the only reason why you're going to see more things happen now is because they haven't sent them to do it, which that defeats the purpose of what the spirit of the Rooney Rule should be. And that's to give people a fair shot and let you see their talent shine. And, and to be honest, it really shouldn't be a rule anyway. No, no, they you should. You should be giving everybody a fair shot 
as is. So you picking the choosing your you've been picking and choosing your favorites. Well, they they made the Rooney Rule after the late great Art Rooney right. in Pittsburgh. Right. They did it because they said he believed in equality and trying to give different people of color, uh, Mexican, black, yeah. whatever, minorities, believed in giving people a chance. So this was made in his exactly. honor. So uh, that's why they did. It. Understood. But the spirit of it haven't been done. Because he's a man of fairness and believed in equality the whole nine yards, no matter whether you're the lowest or the highest. He believed in that. So it just, it, it haven't been done right. I think this incentive is trash. Um, and it's not trash because of the proposal. I, I actually think the proposal uh, is a brilliant move. As, at least they're trying to do something, not necessarily the incentive behind it. Yeah. But I think the proposal is a great thing. But the fact that it has to be done is letting you know that ownership, <laughs> majority Caucasian male do not see it as a problem, but now they're going to act like they've been all on board for this yeah, and they're only doing it because they have, they have something, some, yeah, something to gain from, from it. Yeah, I agree. So the last dance finally ended, right? Yeah. yeah. The uh, documentary of Michael Jordan mm. and the 1998 Bulls yep. uh, winning their six ring, six and is it six and eight? I believe six yeah. and eight. Yeah. Yeah, six, six and eight. eight. Six and eight, because it would have been seven and nine if they would have did it again. So mm -hmm. six and eight, uh, arguably the most dominant franchise. We spoke on a few things, right? Yeah. Uh, Michael Jordan not necessarily being a GOAT because of the competition they had to face at the guard position. Wasn't really none. He had okay. teams. Good good teams. Good teams. Besides, but, yeah. and, and we just broke it down before we started with Reggie Miller. Reggie and, Miller yeah, gets that mention. Yeah, Reggie Miller gets that mention. Gary Payton, John Starks. Uh, those are... Those are great guards, but uh, Reggie Miller was more of a moving, was more of a Richard Hamilton. He moves without the ball. Moves, moves great. Mm -hmm. Moves excellent without the ball. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, Gary Payton was it was point guard, but he was defensive minded, yeah, so defense. he was gonna go up against the best guard, which that's what made that matchup when they were going against him uh, so intriguing when he finally got on him. Yeah, and it, I mean it, it was it was. Okay, guards. It was never really anyone it's not like per it se is. on his level. Right. Like it's it's so much talent nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to go guard, Russell, James, Paul George, Paul. I thought he was four. He guard. I I'm just going. I'm just going guards. Then we're gonna go fours. But oh, yeah, I mean, we yeah. we can name whoever. Then yeah. So uh, James, Russell, Paul, Kawhi, LeBron, Giannis, uh, Anthony Davis, Davis, Carl Towns, Jimmy Butler. Kimball Walker, yeah, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. We can we can go on the list goes on. So we know it's talent in here and then being drafted into. Mm -hmm. Not to say that wasn't the case back then, but you can legitimately have an argument saying nowadays yeah. you do not know who the best players yeah. in in the NBA. And like and like our like I stated before, that with every NBA team right now, you have you have a you have a young guard or you have a player on that team that that can go out there and give you 25 to 30 points on any given night. That and That's even with the poor teams like Sacramento. Even uh, right now, even with Chicago Bulls right now, they have uh, Zach Levine. Sacramento has De'Aaron Fox. Like, the only team right now that you just don't know is probably the Knicks, maybe, uh, even the Charlotte Hornets. They, they got, you know, they got a couple of guys out there that can go out there and give you Give you about 20, 25 points a game, but uh, back back to the last dance. I the last shot. 
everything about it, everything about it ending was incredible. Down to the wire, down to Jerry Krause, down to Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Uh, even Dennis Rodman had had another cameo uh, when he went to to wrestling. He went to WCW. Uh, NWO. NWO is a faction that he was helping out, and I saw something that was very interesting today. Yeah. People say what they want to about Dennis Rodman, but he really smarter than what you think. Dennis Rodman got a $50,000 fine for not showing up to practice after they had uh, competed in game three, right? Right. He got paid $250,000 to go do that on Raw. And then, sad part about it, Dennis, when he would go away, he would come back even better. Right. Which he did the next game when they dominated against Utah. Like, do, do, do you think he had, uh, do you think he was doing any uh, other extra, extracurricular activities? No, Dennis loved drugs. Okay. Dennis loved drugs, and I mean, surprisingly, I don't think you will find a more uh, caring man when it more. comes to, you know, being there for guys or girls who he cares about. Yeah. If you in his circle and all that, he going to care about you. He going to do his own thing, though. All right. Oh, yeah. Regardless. So I think some comments that I wrote down last night. John Stockton, point guard for Utah Jazz, mm-hmm. he's a liar and he need to stop fucking fronting. Why? He said that. He didn't fear MJ and and that okay, that he didn't that he didn't believe the mystique of the aura around MJ. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say my piece. I loved it when he said it. He a liar. That's all I'm saying. I ain't saying like it. I'm just saying he a liar. I don't think I, don't, I think that's true. I think it was true. No, I I, I really don't think he feared him. Like I, like everybody will tell you that they that they don't I guess don't care of, of his legendary status. But I mean, look. I say it all the time. He got tired shoes the same way I tie my shoes. And we're going to go out there. We're going to compete just like he's going to compete. Whoever win, wins. Hopefully we win. But I'm not mad at him for saying that. I'm not mad at that. I don't think he was lying. Bro, you are a brief snippet in the cameo of the Bulls run. Dog, they were worried about Carl Malone. Yes, you were passing him the ball, but I'm just being honest. You can say you ain't care about the mystique all you want to. They crushed y'all dreams twice. You don't have to be like, oh, my God, he's just the best. You ain't got to say all that. You, you got to bow down. I'm, I'm just saying, you have to bow down to who he is as far as what he did for the game, you know, just transforming it globally and all that. But, like, everybody understands Michael Jordan called himself, this not me, black Jesus. <laughs> he black Jesus for a reason. On the court, he black Jesus. He make miracles happen. He in his own zone. He was a Phil, Phil Jackson disciple as far as the Zen Buddhism on the court. And it just, his energy waves and all my people who are in the energy, they understand what I'm saying. His energy just vibrated onto you and you just had to bow down to it. Like, not physically, but you understand that this is Michael Jordan. He's done this for the years he was active. Undefeated already. All right. You don't have to sit up there and be like, oh, my God, he's a better player but, than me. I'm not saying that. But, but the mystique in the aura is real. But but if I'm opposing the player, I'm not. I'm When we playing, I'm not going to bow down to you. I ain't saying. I'm not. We're not. That's what I'm All saying. Right, we're so, not talking about. We're I'm, not talking about like back then. I'm talking about now. I'm talking about now, too. Dog. Last night, he was like, oh, me, I wasn't. Man, bro, please. I don't think he was. Nah. I think he was being honest. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, the best line from the last two episodes had to be, to me, Phil Jackson saying that when Dennis Rodman came back, everybody was like, well, does this take the focus off the championship, um, what y'all trying to accomplish? And Phil 
like immediately uttered back and said, "No, it's not taking our focus away. It's they taking the media's right. focus away." <laughs> so I thought that was I thought that was just symbolic because Phil made sure like nothing outside Got affected in. what he had going on, what the mission was, or anything like that. Yeah, and and then on top of that, when he when the guy said, "See, this is what happens when you go out and do other stuff," and we gotta try to get Dennis Rodman not to get the media's attention by going. I guess in the front, like trying to sneak him out in the back, and when they finally sneaked him out, like he got a head start. Even but you you saw the media start running towards him, and then he got in this, I guess the black truck and drove off. So that that was one of the funnier ones. But another one uh, is with MJ and the security security guard, which was pretty much like a father figure to him after his pops passed away, and it just showed it just showed his humility. And his loyalty towards uh, the person that was there for him at his toughest time. And when uh, the guy had got cancer, he was checking on him, going to his house, asking how, asking his wife how he was doing. So that was that was another that was another little pretty good story in that. And the ultimate question that people have been asking for years now was it a push off? Looking back at it now. No, it wasn't a push off. But back then, it showed it didn't look like it was a push off because I vividly remember that moment. Well, it depends. Dep- I, I vividly remember that. It depends on what what lens are you looking at it. We were looking at it as kids back then, right. so we were taught if you use your hands, it's a push off. Right. Like in that way, I mean, and it it could look like a push off. I saw a push off today when I was looking at some highlights because some people were showing some push offs. Uh, I saw a push off today. It was completely a push off. I'm gonna try to post it tomorrow, but. I don't think it was a push-off. Yeah. I know everybody reacted to it like that back then, but the main thing that you have to know from that shot of him doing the lad that broke the hearts of jazz fans and, you know, they've never been relevant since uh, outside of coronavirus. The move was a crossover. Snatchback. Snatchback. And, yes, he had his hand on him to extend him out the way, but his momentum was already going that way. Right, to the right. So, anyway. was it a push? No. Did he put hands on him? Yes. Yeah. Should, have been, should anything have been called? No. Heavens no. It is what it is. It happened the way it happened. Did we really want to see Utah win a championship? No, not really. Let's so, just be honest. What, what, if you live in Utah, but we're not talking about that. Well, you you got some people that want to knock down a chance. Everybody want to knock down a chance, but... Everybody want to see Mike go out with a maybe one, nah. law, maybe one... Nah, it wasn't gonna happen. It wasn't gonna be Utah. Well, they if they would have stayed together, which I guess go ahead. Well, here's the thing: if they even if Utah won, they're gonna have to go back to Chicago. No, 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 no. Utah had a better record because they didn't oh, beat them that year, so they were gonna do well, two. Oh, in Utah. okay, yeah, you right, you right, you right. They were trying to close it out so it didn't have Happen, to be seven. Yeah, good point, good point. Yeah. So, but no, no, no. This man had it. By the way, people, it's not a flu game. It was the food poisoning game. He was food poisoned by a delivery that happened, you know, the night. So it wasn't flu. He had flu-like symptoms, but it wasn't a flu. Right. After a man does that, you got a four on four. Yeah, you can't go against him. Yeah, I got. Yeah. And it's Michael, man. It's it's, it's back in the nineties. I don't care what you say. Maybe 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 we might we not remember it like we used to. But everybody was an MJ fan. Everybody wanted to be like Mike, bro. Anybody who went against Mike, let's be honest. You was getting the brunt and everything. You wanted to see Michael Jordan win. Let's be honest. Nobody outside of Utah wanted to see Utah win. I don't care how much you hate him. You got to respect who Mike was. I bet Isaiah Thomas wanted to see Utah win at that time. No, because Isaiah got his two. 
Okay. He like, got his tools. Wait, the beef though. What's beef? I mean beef beef is what it is. I I heard an interview uh on Bob, on Bomani Jones show and he was talking to uh was it Skip? No, not the Skip. What is that boy name? Oh, he was he was talking to somebody, I forgot it, it escapes me right now. Um, but he was talking to him and he said, Isaiah and Michael don't necessarily have beef in the real world, it's in the basketball world. Isaiah was asked a question by somebody, you know, why are you and Michael Jordan beefing? He was like, Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever heard either one of us say anything bad about each other like personally? No. Oh, okay. They, they yeah. was like they was like basketball wise, that is what it is, but like beef means like in every Everything facet. Is, okay. So yeah, that beef is like and I told you, this, this is just me. That beef exists because Isaiah slash Detroit outside of Rodman, which that was probably why their relationship was the way it right, was. Right, yeah. But Isaiah never gave him his just the due doom. props. Mm-hmm. And so that is something that takes away from his moment of glory when he finally beat them. Yeah. And you will never get that to happen. You want to know why? Because there's too many that got to agree that you had a part in this and I had a part in this. That ain't happening. Everybody, yeah. But I'm saying that ain't going to happen, though. Yeah, but uh, I know... The the last dance just showed everybody how how hungry he was, how hungry Michael Jordan was motivated, what he what he had to go through, the obstacles that pretty much every human being uh, in life, just not in sports but in life, has to go through to overcome obstacles and then st- still succeed at the end of the day. So that this documentary showed a lot. Uh, it showed a lot of perseverance. It showed a, a lot of humility. It showed a, him being humble. Uh, him thinking he was going to, I guess, come in and just change everything just like that in a blink of an eye. But he had to go through some obstacles uh, to overcome that. And it just showed the, the greatness that Michael Jordan is. It, I- just, it, just showed, it just showed everything about who he was and who he is. So, yeah, just my final thoughts, like, the last dance came in a very like crucial time for the world, not just United States, but the world in general. Uh, a generation has been put on game, has knowledge, is woke huh? about what greatness is mm-hmm. and what it was and, and how he had to persevere and go through. Like you said, he couldn't get it done by himself, but he was changing the face of the league. And did change it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. When he came in, so... At first, he was changing. I mean, led the league in scoring most of his career. Anytime he played outside of the two years he had missed, or a year and a half, I you want to put it, when he wasn't with basketball in basketball years. Right. When he missed that time, the game missed him. You know, there's a famous saying, you know, are they going to miss me when I'm gone? And they did. Yeah, they did. The Bulls missed him, the game yeah. missed him. Mm-hmm. And this man just showed you that I won six and eight. If I wouldn't have missed, I probably would have won eight. seven or eight. Yep. And at the end of the day, the last dance just is about his hunger, his drive, who he is. A lot of people now are saying and changing their opinion from LeBron being a GOAT to Michael. That's a poll that was done today yeah. out of 15 questions, which I have no problem with that. I, saw, I think I saw some of them questions. Eh. I mean, I have no problem with it only because when you look at it, and it was, it was a stat that was put up. Michael Jordan had, I mean, I'm just going to list like 61, 41, 55, all yeah, that stuff, right? That's when he first started. That was without a three-point line. Yeah. That, that's that's nasty. Now, again, he had to go and change his persona. Phil Jackson got that triangle offensive offense initiated, but 
when he needed to score, he was going to score. Right. When he needed to be a good defensive player, lock down somebody when he was mad, which is a lot of time he was using the fuel and the illusions in his head. Right. He did what he needed to do and did it above and beyond. The, the knock on LeBron to me, and probably to you too because I think we talked about it, is that he don't necessarily guard the best player all the time or uh, he seems to disappear in some crucial moments sometimes and not – you know, living up to what this persona of Michael Jordan is, not necessarily yeah. his own persona. Yeah. Just comparing wise. I, I know uh, I know with LeBron uh, in his peak, because he, I think he still is in his peak, but it's kind of doing him down just a little bit. But if you looked at the past couple of games before the NBA shut down, he shut down Greek Freak, and he also uh, was doing his thing against the Clippers. So uh, even when when – they when they are the same age, LeBron LeBron is a really good defensive player. I I'm, I'm not saying he he's as good as Mike is or Mike was, but he he definitely put a stamp. He did he definitely put a stamp on defense. So I mean, at the end, when it's all said and done, we'll see we'll see if if LeBron uh, will live up to that to that number one goal. And and other people in the older generation. Ain't nobody ever, ever even coming close to Mike. But in our generation and a generation that's younger than us, they're looking at LeBron like, if, if y'all just going off the numbers and everything, y'all just going off stats and just what the eye test say, and this is pretty much about to be a 16th season coming up, he's still doing this. I'm like, they, they looking at Mike like, um, and Mike never had to face his count, any kind of competition like what LeBron had to go through. So that's – that's one of those things. And we can go back to when LeBron was 22 years old and he took that Cleveland team with no All-Stars to the NBA Finals against the prime San Antonio Spurs and got bounced four games to zero. Well, I mean, but he at least made it. Well, I think, I think the reason why, you know, they say he is the GOAT is because of his record in the Finals, um, how he had to do it, the time he had to do it in because – you know, LeBron came in and he's a point forward, as they call it, a point guard and a forward mix in one body. Michael was a guard in a big man league. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, still small, t- tall and lanky, but small yeah. as in body man. So, Mike, the reason why they say he's a GOAT because he changed the NBA to what it is today. Right. Not More just guard on, driven. Yeah, yeah. Not, not just, you know, with guard driven, but shoe deals didn't exist before. Mike, not like, not like this. Mm-hmm. LeBron walked in because, of, you know, with his studio because of what Mike had did. You know, the foundation that he laid and yeah. stuff like that. And we, we get into it in another episode because, like I told you, probably one of my favorite books of all time is one we read in college in our master's program. Oh, yeah. Thanks to Dr. Gibson. Shout out. Big shout out. Maybe listen to this one day. I don't know. Maybe I'll send this to you. Who knows? But when you had us read $40 Million Slave and they kind of broke down the impact of Michael Jordan, not necessarily just on the court, but off the court, too. And yes, it's a it's a double edged sword. It was a good thing and a bad thing when it came to who he was, but it's just mind boggling if you think about well, where did this all start? Where contracts are an issue, uh, shoe deals become a mainstream thing. Uh, your persona is basically your tool to get paid. Mm-hmm. It came from Mike, and in, in all aspects of uh, sports, if you want to be honest, it came from Mike in late eighties. And then the '90s in general, because they ruled it. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. But other than that, man, I, I mean, that was my final words. You got any? It's a wrap up now. Hey, man, everybody, keep the hope alive, man. Uh, if 
hopefully y'all learned something. Everybody that watched the documentary learned something from the documentary. Uh, the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, learn from it. Take the good for what it is. Make sure you strive to be great, just how MJ was, just how you should be in life anyway. Strive to be great. Hustle. Hustle and flow. Do your thing, man. Keep it pushing. Yeah. That's all I got, man. Uh, got a couple interviews coming up. Going to bless y'all with those, of yes, course. Sir. Uh, we're going to keep doing this thing. We appreciate y'all for all y'all support. And again, BL Sports Talk 51 on Instagram and Twitter. Also, Spotify, The Bottom Line Sports Talk. Follow us. Oh, uh, I got on, it. On, on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> The Bottom Line Sports Talk. Give us a five stars. Leave us a review. We just trying to do this and get it to y'all. Like, get better and better. Give y'all content. Keep it going. The whole nine yards. I got, That's what's up. I got my songs. Push the T featuring Jay-Z, Drugs Anonymous, and Eric Bellinger featuring the game. Awkward. Duke two. Deuce, Crunk Ain't Dead. That's that's definitely, you know, that's definitely right now. And uh, from a, from a, for an artist that uh, we're going to have on here, uh, Rob, R-O-B, featuring G-Wag, Being the Man. It's everybody's favorite song that I'm seeing. We're actually going to have both of those guys on here. Uh, Being a Man featuring G-Wag, Emotional Roller Coaster by the homie Rob slash G-Wag. What's up? We're going to have you on here. Other than that, y'all, take it easy. Take it easy. Whoa. Peace. Let me...